Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. We're dealing with the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. And we're going to be talking about divorce, voyaging through the Bible. At a future point, they developed something called the Sioux Locks, which was a joint venture between Canada and the United States. Lake Superior is higher than the rest of the lakes, so it requires a system of locks for the boats to come off the Lake Superior into Lake Huron and to Lake Michigan. To this day, the Sulaks are an integral part of the Upper Peninsula. There are many other businesses tied up in the Upper Peninsula. Shipping is big. There's also railroads and mining, as we've discussed before. Just about the time of World War II, my father-in-law sold his house in Marquette, Michigan, and he moved to Detroit and found a job. He was bringing his family down from the Upper Peninsula and the car had motor problems at the top of the hill overlooking where the car ferry, and the car ferry was uh, moving away from the dock. He blinked his lights and the ferry pulled back and they were able to get on the ferry. It was a good thing because without the car heater, they would have been in freezing conditions for at least five hours. They found a hotel that night and stayed there all night. The next day, my father-in-law fixed the car, and they were on their way to Detroit. Voyage Through the Bible. This is a survey of God's timetable from the beginning of time till after time is no more. The survey is the story of rescue of wrecked humanity. We're part of that botched humanity in slavery to sin to the point we really need a rescue with Jesus Christ. The quest of this overview is to explain a doubting heart and what a new heart looks like that we can have, and we can have new beginnings. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. It's not good for man to be alone and helpers suitable for him. This is bone of my bone, Flesh of my flesh, Adam said. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and unites with his wife and they become one flesh. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. A man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her and he writes her a certificate of divorce and gives it to her and sends her from the house. Malachi 2, 13 through 16. The Lord witnessed between you and your wife of your youth that you have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, your wife under a marriage covenant. Do not be unfaithful to your wife of your youth, The man who hates and divorces his wife, 
do not be unfaithful. And then in Matthew 5, 27 through 32, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. If your eyes offend you, gouge it out, throw it away. If your hand offends you, cut it off and throw it away. Send it to hell where it belongs. If anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce except for sexual immorality and makes her the victim of adultery. Who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 19, 12. That at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and unite with his wife. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to have a divorce with your wives because your hearts were hard. Except for sexual immorality and marriage, another woman commits adultery. For there are Enoch's who were born that way and Enoch's were made that way. And there are people that decide to stay single because of the kingdom of God. I'm laying a foundation of several verses before we get into particulars. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 16. Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields to her husband. Her husband does not have authority over his body, but yields to his wife. Do not despise each other except do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent so that you may devote yourself to prayer for a period of time. Now to the unmarried and the widows say it is good that you say unmarried. But if you must, if you have passion and want to marry, a wife must not separate from her husband and remain, she must remain unmarried, else reconcile to her husband, and the husband must not divorce his wife. If unbelievers leave, let them leave. The brother or sister is not bound in such situations. All these verses deal somewhat with divorce. The Pharisees had three questions for Jesus. They were traps. King Herod was listening and he wanted to trap him so that he would say the same things as John the Baptist. We begin to look at divorce or the cause of divorce and remarriage. And Jesus asked, what did Moses command? To write a certificate of divorce and send them away. But Moses' intention was to reduce the consequences of divorce and give women protection. The Pharisees at that time had two views of divorce. One sect of the Pharisees said highly restrictive or should never divorce. And the other was liberal and said divorce at any, any reason. Jesus brings them back to creation before sin and the one flesh bonding. He's speaking 
of one man, one woman, speaking to the permanency of marriage. He goes on to say, selfishness destroys marriages. Remarriage is adultery except for death. Keep in mind at the time the Jewish thought of divorce was either restrictive or non-restrictive. The key word in Deuteronomy was the escape clause for divorce. Indecency is found. I'm really not trying to give you to betray your own feelings toward this subject. I just want to lay it out the way I feel. The phrase could be interpreted liberally or conservatively depending on the person reading it. In Malachi 2.16, the man who hates the man who hates divorce his wife, says the Lord God of Israel, does violence to the to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do do not be unfaithful. This is a verse that many people use to support the the argument that God hates divorce. God hates divorce, but does he does not hate the divorced person. The sin of idolatry, murder, adultery turns out to be clauses dealing with divorce. In the day when Jesus was speaking, they felt they had permission to remarry if they were divorced. In the Greek society, the wife was cloistered, kept locked up in her home. The man may have flaunted a mistress in public, but kept his wife cloistered. The Romans had a positive honor for the wives at that time, but later in the future, they become rampant, divorced in the Roman society also. So like Jesus made divorce not the problem, but the adultery that led to divorce was the problem. Moses freed the women to remarry, slowing down the divorce and causing divorce to have restrictions on it. After all, they had to get the paperwork done. They had to go to the right official to get the bill of divorce. It wasn't quite as easy as it sounded, but it was also not as hard as it could be. Jesus seemed to have a goal except for divorce, and later there were clauses throughout the New Testament, including desertion, physical abuse, adultery, and a few others. Casual divorce, in anybody's mind, is adultery. Let's have a plan of marriage. Let's plan to keep married. Later on, this was extended as mental cruelty also, which is hard to define. In the first century, people were coming into the church who were polygamists with very large families. There were ones living as single lifestyle and some were living a homosexual lifestyle, and some had multiple divorces that they had committed. Today, before we're born again, there are people who have never been divorced and those that have several divorces and several marriages. 
I have a point of view in the sight of God. Every time you have an extramarital affair, in essence, you are bonding together and are married without a document. Every time a person gets a divorce, there's a tearing of the soul that happens. So that if you've had multiple affairs, marriages, divorces, your soul has been torn many times. And in effect, all of this is a catastrophe concerning your own relationship with people. So what is the answer to this when you're born again? You should repent of all your actions, both sexual and any immoral action you may have, and begin to learn, lean on the Lord, and have your life changed. In, in a composite thought, God cares in marriage. God cares in divorce. God cares in reconciliation. God cares in remarriage. God cares in staying single. God loves everyone wherever they're at in the state of being they're called a sinner or not. In creation, there was God's purpose. The law was given by God as a preventative measure against cruel actions. Moses writing, Jesus called, it was the hardness of heart. Grace is the high standard we live by. Grace is sufficient for any sin, any complex situation we find ourselves in. Many times, take out divorce of the context and it becomes a very narrow view of the situation. Behavior and motivations are to be considered. There's exceptions in some of us. There is no such thing as complete absolutes here. Some people are very liberal and some are very conservative, but I want to make that statement again. There's exceptions in some of us and there is such a thing as a complete absolute. There's exceptions in some of us there is no such thing as complete absolutes. A couple are getting a divorce and the people on the outside looking in only get a vague picture of what's going on. I'd like to make a vague statement. The children are the only innocent party in a divorce. Sometimes there's a 50-50 problem. Sometimes a 70-30 and sometimes a 60-40. But I don't know anybody who is actually can tell the responsibility cost that involves in divorce. In the 1920s and 1930s and even the 1940s, divorce was considered the most horrible thing in society in general. At some point in the 50s, divorce became more rampant thanks to no-fault divorce, which made divorce easy so that you didn't have to go through the struggle to get divorced. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. 
This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethebible.org.